Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, all three hours. Our foot will be on the gas pedal, not tapping the brake. There's so much to get to here. By the way, the Biden administration, Biden has offered Manchin, his wife, a federal job. You know, uh, in the private sector, you can be prosecuted for this sort of stuff, Really? But just so you understand, uh, he's trying to buy off Manchin and his loyalty, and that's why the Levin surge, we'll talk about that more today, uh, must continue. Uh, But it's really quite outrageous. Pete Buttigieg has testified that uh, the administration is likely to come up with a mileage tax. So all you people who drive, that's aimed at you. Now, that's not aimed at the inner cities where there's a lot less driving. It's aimed at people in the suburbs and particularly people in rural areas in red states. So this is, again, an effort by the Democrat Party and the left to punish Republicans. So they're now looking at a mileage tax, a federal mileage tax. They're also looking at a federal carbon tax. The American Petroleum Institute says they support it if they can negotiate some kind of a reasonable Carbon tax. So a mileage tax, a carbon tax. You'll pay all of it. You know what a carbon tax is? Once again, you inhale oxygen, you exhale carbon dioxide. They want a carbon tax. A mileage tax and a carbon tax. And yes, says the spokes idiot for the idiot today, Pasaki for Biden, uh, that he will be issuing executive orders on guns. Now, last time I checked, you have to amend the Constitution if you want to do something on guns, but apparently not. 
not when it comes to the left's agenda. Then we have executive orders that are racist. Oh, yeah, they're racist uh, because certain individuals are treated one way uh, depending on what their skin color is. Uh, We thought we did away with that, but not if it's reverse discrimination. That's in these days. Now we have sex discrimination. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you're a girl and you're in high school and you're in high school sports, Joe Biden issued an executive order to make it nearly impossible for you to win. Because boys who identify as girls but still have penises, may I say that? I think I will. Uh, they, uh, They get to compete against you. Because remember, it's not what's between your legs, it's what's between your ears. Then we learn, and we'll try and cover all of this, it's, uh, it's a big task, the $1.9 trillion so-called relief bill, where 9% of it has to do with relief, and the rest of it, the hardcore left-wing agenda, it's actually closer to $3.7 trillion. Because there are things in that bill that the Democrats are now wanting to make permanent. It's a massive expansion of the welfare state, both in scope and those who qualify. People will now be on welfare, a couple, that earns $150,000 a year. No nation can sustain such a thing. But remember, we're going to go big and fast. That's what what the dim-witted president and his dim-witted so-called historians want to do. We're going to go big and fast. Oh, okay, great. They want to destroy our voting system in this country. They're screaming at the top of their lungs like mental patients about if you don't support destroying the voting system, that is, if you actually support voter ID and signature check, if you actually support making sure that the person who is voting is supposed to be voting, then obviously you're a racist who supports Jim Crow. And of course, they want to get rid of the filibuster rules so they can ram through whatever they can as fast as they can, With that massive voter mandate they have, 50 to 50 in the Senate and a 10-vote majority in the House, the smallest in a century. But I want to start the show off with this today. Biden is a pathological liar. He lied left and right during that press conference yesterday, and he intentionally lied because he had everything on note cards. Everything he said yesterday was written down for him on note cards. That was not a press conference. Moreover, the individuals in the press he picked were all leftists. And he had their first names written out with their pictures, just so the President of the United States would be 100% certain. You know, it's like a kid with a comic book or a coloring book. See, this is what Superman looks like. I mean, this is really quite appalling. Quite appalling. He lied through his teeth about immigration. There are 18 senators, 18 senators who were on the board of the last 18 hours, Republicans, who refused to take a tour, a tour that was set for them by the Biden administration. They decided to look at exactly what was going on. They went on gunboats, the Rio Grande. They went into one of the reception centers, That has thousands of more little kids than it's supposed to have. Thousands. They took some pictures if they could get away with them. If they could get away with them. Meanwhile, some Democrats went down there, including Omar, for the tour. They took the tour and they saw what the 
what the administration wanted them to see, and they, they were perfectly fine with it. And I got to thinking, this isn't a debate about reality. The reality is there's enormous inhumanity taking place on the southern border, brought on by Joe Biden and his party and his ideologues. Enormous inhumanity. Inhumanity on our side of the border, what's taking place? And inhumanity on the southern side of the border. We have anarchy. We have little kids traveling hundreds of miles. We have evil, diabolical drug mobsters and others who are making a fortune. A fortune. Sending people across the border. 30% of the women are being raped. Kids are being sexually abused separated from their parents. We have parents sending them because Joe Biden says he's not going to send them back. And by not sending them back, they're going to go get the parents and others and bring them into the United States. You have people being released into the United States literally within eight hours who are not given court dates. They're not given orders to return to go in front of an administrative law judge. And then they're entering the interior of the United States. They are not being tested for any kinds of communicable diseases, including the coronavirus. But tuberculosis, measles, mumps, none of it. And they're coming to a city near you. Now, the administration lies about it. The administration has a full-on propaganda campaign about it. The administration has its party defending this. The media are pretty much okay with getting the grand tour and not getting into the actual facilities on the front lines. So I got to thinking. What if this were the American people? What if the economy collapsed? What if the currency collapsed? What if we had chaos and anarchy in our own country. You saw a taste of it this summer where the police are overwhelmed where the military is brought in but they're overwhelmed where the constitution has been breached by the Democrat party so the constitution is all but useless under these circumstances. The economic system which created the greatest wealth on the face of the earth is destroyed by massive debt Massive taxes, massive regulations out of Washington, D.C. And what if, and ultimately when, the system collapses? And the Democrat Party, having destroyed our electoral system, is in charge. Will they treat us with the same inhumanity they are treating people on the southern border? Will they pretend that everything's just fine, it's just another day in the park? This party doesn't believe in humane treatment of, of mankind. They idolize Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Why do they idolize him? Because he was the first big-time socialist in the Oval Office. He followed on the heels of Woodrow Wilson, but Woodrow Wilson was a minority president FDR was an extremely popular president. He was elected during the Great Depression, World War II. People credit him with bringing us through the Depression. He won World War II. He was an enormously popular man, but he fundamentally altered this country, which is exactly what the Democrats 
desire to do again. But what else did he do? He rounded up 120,000 Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent. He took their property away from them. He moved them to the interior of the country into internment camps. Nobody gave a damn. Where were the media? Where were his fellow Democrats? They were cheering him on. There's a boat that came to our shores filled with, not quite, but almost a thousand Jews who had escaped the Holocaust. What did Franklin Roosevelt do? He turned the boat around, sent them back, and hundreds of them died in concentration camps. What else did Roosevelt do? Roosevelt basically censured the existence of the Holocaust in the New York Times and the Washington Post, went along with it. You know, the papers where journalist students are so clamoring to work for. They're so proud of what they do, freedom of the press and all that. They largely covered it up, as did most of the radio networks, who were very concerned that their licenses would be pulled because FDR shortened the license period from two years to six months and put one of his political hatchet men in charge of it. Even opposition newspapers, Republican newspapers, were concerned about speaking out. Why? Because FDR would, would unleash the IRS against them. As he did against old man Annenberg, who on the Philadelphia Inquirer tried to destroy his newspaper. And yet they, they admire Franklin Roosevelt. They idolize Franklin Roosevelt. Joe Biden idolized Franklin Roosevelt one of the least humane presidents in American history. But these historians that met with Joe Biden, the same kinds of historians who wrote the history of Franklin Roosevelt. So I want you to look at what's going on on the southern border, which is grotesque. Joe Biden did this intentionally. Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Why did the vice president support it? Why do his surrogates support it? Because it will empower the Democrat Party. That's their hope. For the reasons I've said for years, these are really undocumented Democrats. Two-thirds of them, if they become citizens, will vote for the Democrat Party. That's exactly what they're doing. The racists in our country want the browning and the blacking of America, whatever the hell that means, and so they want to bring in as many people as they possibly can because of all the white supremacy and white privilege. And there's an entire radical movement among the immigration front groups they claim that they are really the, the natives, if you will, the original possessors of this country. And that's what's going on. And the Democrat Party is lying about it. And Biden is lying about it. And the Democrat Party press, they're lying about it. And if our economy collapses, or if our currency collapses, with the massive spending, the the, the, the reckless, irresponsible activity that's going on in the United States Congress and in the Oval Office today. And if you're crushed economically, they're not going to care. Tell me, did they care the last year? When these Democrat governors gave you a taste of what fascism is like? 
You're looking right at it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. This filibuster issue exposes just how illiterate about our history and our Constitution the media and the Democrats really are. Chris Van Hollen is a clown, uh, but he's also a senator from Maryland, and he's on MSLSD today. And here in part is what he said. Cut nine, go. I changed the rules. Uh, the, the Senate is already an, an anti-democratic institution, small d, right? I mean, two senators from Wyoming have the same number of votes as the two senators from California. Now, now you see, you see. This was all worked out at the Constitutional Convention, two senators from every state, because the little states were never going to join if we just had a parliament, a.k.a. a House of Representatives. So we needed to have the United States of America, and they want the ununited States of America. That's what they're doing now. So he picks out Wyoming having two seats and California having two seats. The purpose of the Senate, if we want to go back to the beginning, was so the states would have representation, specifically the legislatures uh, in the United States Congress. But it's very odd that a senator from Maryland would be bringing this up because Maryland's population isn't all that big. It's in the bottom third of the states. So why does Maryland have two senators? And then, and then listen to how they talk. Well, it's very un, you know, representative. And meanwhile, they want to give the District of Columbia two senators. So we would have the District of Columbia, a city with two senators. And California, a state with God knows how many, 50 million people or so with two senators. These guys, any boat in the storm, as the old saying goes, they will say anything, they will do anything, they will propose anything. Doesn't matter if they're hypocrites under the light of the sun. Doesn't matter. They are very, very dangerous people. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, 
and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, uh, Brett Baer is uh, anchoring or hosting a program on the attempted assassination of President Reagan. And I worked in the Reagan administration for eight years, and I campaigned for President Reagan in 1976 and 1980. And I was one of the earliest appointees in the Reagan administration. I served in a now eliminated department called Action. And I was 22 years old. And uh, this Action Agency had housed under it originally the Peace Corps, VISTA, the Foster Grandparents Program, and so forth. Eventually, the Peace Corps would be broken off and go off onto its own. And this is how I became familiar with Saul Alinsky, because Sam Brown, who was a radical from the 1960s, marched to Bankin, who was a radical from the 1960s. Um, she ran Vista, he ran the Action Agency, and they used it as a new left enterprise, and they used our tax dollars to buy thousands and thousands of copies of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, and they would hand them out in the inner cities and uh, do other sorts of things. They use VISTA funds to fund nonprofit ultra-left-wing groups of the new left and sympathetic to the new left. So we eliminated all that. But why am I telling you this? Because my office was located in an old office building that has since been knocked down and replaced with a new office building on Lafayette Park. And I could look out my window... Uh, and look into Lafayette Park. And one day early in the president's administration, as I was sitting at my desk, I heard sirens go off that were so loud and so numerous, I'd never heard anything like it in my life. Never. It was like a war had started. And they just kept going on and on and on and on. And they were loud and they were coming from a thousand different places. And I'm in this building. And I said to one of my colleagues, what the hell is going on? Are we under attack? No, President Reagan had been shot. And the vehicle in which he was pushed by these brave Law enforcement officers drove right by the office building. And, uh, of course, at the time I didn't know 
President Reagan had been shot, I would find out shortly thereafter. And many thought the Reagan presidency was going to end right there. Even though we didn't know the severity of the situation, the bullet was lodged like a quarter of an inch or even less from his heart. Of course, we didn't know that till later, did we? There was grave concern. But I'll never forget that day. 40 years ago. I'll never forget that day. That was something else. He was a tremendous president, a great president. And I want to remind you that he won a massive landslide the first time around. And I want you to know the rhinos, the Republican establishment, fought him every step of the way. They said he couldn't win. The Bush family fought him. And then, of course, he picked George H.W. Bush as his running mate to try and unite the party. But the Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party, McConnell was a Justice Department appointee under uh, Gerald Ford. That whole wing of the Republican Party tried to prevent Ronald Reagan from becoming president of the United States, the great Ronald Reagan. I just want you to understand that we're still up against those same forces in the Republican Party. Many of the same people who fought Donald Trump were anti-Reagan. Not all, but many. They just seem to accept the slow unraveling and decaying of the United States. They just don't want to happen quickly, slowly, you know. And the media went after Reagan relentlessly. Not like Trump, but they tried to take Reagan out in the so-called Iran-Contra matter. I was the deputy solicitor of the Department of Interior. The number two lawyer at the Interior Department. It's a big job. I was a young man. How old was I? 29, maybe? And I enjoyed the job very much. The secretary there was Don Hodell. Good man. Very good man. Excuse me. I had been at Justice before for a few years, doing a number of things, working for the on the staff of the Deputy Attorney General, on behalf of the Attorney General of the United States, but I went over to be Deputy Solicitor, and that lasted six months. Because the so-called Iran-Contra matter took place. It really wasn't that big a deal. It really was not. But the Democrats wanted to take out Reagan just the way they wanted to take out Trump. So they were already talking about impeachment. And I was asked by the Attorney General of the United States, who I'd become very close with, Ed Meese, to come back to the Department of Justice. And I did, as Chief of Staff. I'm just telling you a little bit of memory lane here with the Reagan assassination attempt anniversary coming. And I was asked to deal with the independent counsel in the case, Lawrence Walsh, who was a hideous human being. And he had a staff, much like Mueller, that had as their objective to take out Ronald Reagan. I want you to keep something else in mind. Ronald Reagan, two years earlier in his re-election, won 49 out of 50 states and almost 60% of the vote. But this is what the Democrats do. They sought to use this as an event to try and take out Ronald Reagan. 
They almost succeeded. But in the end, they failed. Look what they did to Donald Trump. Two impeachments. A criminal investigation. An ongoing investigation by a DA in Manhattan. This is who they are. This is what they do. They don't play by the rules. They don't play within the box of the Constitution. This is an evil party, the Democrat Party. They say things that are lies, and they say them over and over again. Today we have the Republican state legislatures trying to get some of their power back that was seized from them by Democrat judges and Democrat governors and Democrat secretaries of state, and they're being compared with the Jim Crow era. The Jim Crow era. Now, it's good to see, finally, some of my colleagues on Fox and elsewhere explaining exactly what the Democrat Party is in the history of the Democrat Party. That this party, we've talked about this for years, as millions of you listening know, and apparently my colleagues on Fox, that the Democrat Party is the party of the Confederacy. The Democrat Party is the party of slavery. The Democrat Party is the party of segregation and Jim Crow and all that came with Jim Crow. When they talk about counting jelly beans, that was the Democrat Party. They did all these things. Not you and me. Not the Republican Party. And now, as I've told you before, now they've, they've embraced a different extreme. Still anti-constitutional. They just figured this is the way to grab power now. Is to join in with all the other neo-Marxists and Marxist front groups and ideologues and regimes. Seems to work for them. And it is working for the Democrat Party. Tell me, in what respect do they want to advance the cause of individual liberty? Tell me, in what respect do they want to advance the cause of the Constitution and strengthen it? In what respect do they want to advance the cause of capitalism? They hate capitalism. Why? Why do they hate capitalism? Do you know why, Mr. Producer? Because capitalism and liberty go hand in hand. It doesn't mean you can't have capitalism and communism or fascism of the sort that's been tailored by the communist Chinese. But for liberty, you must have capitalism. Because capitalism is the only economic system that recognizes liberty. None of the others do. You can become as big as you want. You can try as many times as you want. And you'll be rewarded for it. Or you'll fail ten times, and then the eleventh time you may succeed. America is a perfect example of how liberty and capitalism fuse to make the most successful, humane country the world has ever known. But we're under attack by evil forces. Same evil forces that have always promoted tyranny. It goes way back. You can look at the Bible. If you don't believe in the Bible, just look at ancient history. The forces of liberty succeed for a period of time, but not in perpetuity. 
but not in perpetuity. The question is, how long can we survive? We're about 250 years old. Depending on how you count, and there's always these debates, the Roman Empire was a little over 500 years old or maybe 1,000 years old, depending on how you count. But at the lowest number, it lasted twice as long as we have so far. Will we last 500 years? How about 1,000 years? The Democrat Party, as I said, is a diabolical organization. It's a party. It's a political party. That's all it is. And yet it used the instrumentalities of government to destroy republicanism and to empower itself. While they scream at the top of their lungs, trying to convince people, not through facts and knowledge and so forth, but through emotion and passion and anger and hate. That the people who are standing in front of them and trying to stop what they're doing are the people you need to hate. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Ronald Reagan extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. We come up for renewal every few years. He said, no, that's 25 years. Ronald Reagan signed the Martin Luther King National Birthday into law. You look at the things that Reagan did. Many people oppose his amnesty. Well, remember, he didn't say, I support amnesty. He said, I supported securing the border. And in exchange for securing the border, I'm going to have to go along with this amnesty that involved 2.3 million people. Well, they lied on the left. They always do. They break their deals like good little fascists. So you see how quickly the Democrats are moving. We're going to have a mileage tax. We're going to have a carbon tax. We might as well have elected Each as president of the United States, don't you think? And Joe Biden, whether he believes in any of this stuff or not, is beside the point. He's pushing full speed ahead. 
He's pushing full speed ahead because he believes strongly that he wants to be bigger and better than FDR. I told you this starting on February. Bigger and better than LBJ. Bigger and better than Obama. That's what he's going to do. There's a piece of the American Enterprise Institute by Alex Brill. And he says, no, this isn't going to cost $1.9 trillion. What they passed, no, 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 no. It's going to be much bigger than that. It's going to be $3.3 trillion in the end. Because they want permanent extensions to the child-related tax provisions in the American Rescue Plan, you know. And to the family-related provisions of the Rescue Plan. And what we're coming towards is a permanent minimum income society where you and I pay people a permanent minimum income, which I'm sure will really spur lots of people to be motivated to work, right? And it will, of course, stop people from pouring over the border illegally. So we're going exactly the wrong direction. This isn't what America is about. This isn't what Americans do. Maybe Europeans do this. Maybe the third world does this. But this is something we have always eschewed. That is, rejected. But not now. So they passed this stuff, the child tax credit expansion, the child and dependent care tax credit expansion, the earned income tax credit expansion, and making them permanent. So they expand it vertically, they expand it horizontally. That is, it's a bigger and bigger program with a bigger and bigger budget, and then they include more and more people in it. Massive entitlements. Massive. Permanent extensions. These temporary provisions, right? No, not. And the assistance that's provided will now, in terms of incomes, will go, can go up between 100 and 400% of the federal poverty level. That is, twice to four times the federal poverty level. I already told you about couples that earn $150,000 a year. Make them permanent. No society can survive all, all the things that are being thrown at us. And I asked the other day, and I want to ask it again. Again, been repeated now, but I want to ask the question nonetheless. The tax increases and changes they want to make has nothing to do with funding the profligate spending. In other words, we could take money from every billionaire in this country and it wouldn't be enough. It just wouldn't be enough. Trillions are trillions. They're not billions. And so we know that massive increases in the income tax, massive increase in the capital gains tax, massive increases in all these other taxes, a mileage tax, a carbon tax, all of which are going to kill you. Taxes on energy, you already see your energy bills going up. You're going to see a lot more of that. That means everything you buy and do, whether it's homes or cars or food, all these prices are going to go up. Has no effect on the debt. So the question is, why keep this notion that you want to massively increase taxes, the class warfare and everything, when you're going to spend in such extreme ways that you couldn't tax your way out of this? The answer? The answer is redistribution of wealth. It's not about funding anything. It's about funding their base. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. So much what the left, the Democrat Party, the media, and academia do are built on lies, provable lies. Provable lies. And I have to spend a lot of my time, and I think it's important that I do, unraveling them. It's a great piece of the Daily Wire by Matt Walsh. And in it, he says, uh, you know, basically, as the, as the media and the Democrat Party keeps trying to stir up this bloodthirsty white men supposedly roaming the streets, you know, trying to kill minorities, he writes, it becomes necessary to introduce some truth and sanity into the picture. Fortunately, the FBI, for the time being at least, until the woke mob demands that they take it down, provides homicide statistics organized into handy charts and available on their website. A look at those charts shows, first, that the vast majority of murder is intraracial. Not interracial, intraracial. In other words, white on white, black on black. In the lion's share of cases, one member of a race is killing another member of the same race. In 2019, there were 3,299 white victims of murder, of which 2,594, or 79%, 8 out of 10, were killed by other white people. There were 2,906 black victims of murder, of which 2,574, or 89%, that is 9 out of 10, were killed by other black people. Given the sort of wanton slaughter between races and ethnicities that you find in other parts of the world, and throughout other periods of history, it's quite remarkable how little interracial violence we actually have in this country, though the race baiters on the left are doing what they can to change that. As for interracial murder, one race against another, the statistics just as clearly show that whites fall victim more often than any other race. In 2019, 566 whites were killed by blacks, as opposed to 246 blacks killed by whites. The numbers are very similar through all other years in recent history. Outlets like Reuters have run fact checks on memes and social media posts that make exactly the claim that I just made, which is based entirely on publicly available FBI data and determined that the claims are somehow still false or misleading. They explain that though it's true that more white people fall victim to interracial murder, it's also true that given the population disparities, black people are more likely to fall victim to interracial murder. Now that's technically correct, though it's nonsensical to accuse someone of stating a falsehood just because they didn't frame the statistical data in the way that you subjectively prefer. But the more likely knife cuts both ways. If we say that blacks are more likely to fall victim than whites, we must also say that blacks, again, given the difference in population size, are more likely to be victimized, to victimize whites, and he goes on. But the point is, you don't have mass killings of minorities by whites, and you don't have mass killings of whites by minorities. 
you have more murder among blacks than whites, even though blacks represent about 13% or so of the population. And 89 or 9 out of the 10 murders against blacks are by other blacks. But the Democrat Party, this doesn't serve their narrative, nor do they they know what to do about it. And so they don't address it. They don't even focus on it. But real people are dying. This isn't some political game. Real people are dying. But I wanted to point that out. And the statistics are right there for the whole world to see, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Colorado shooter's background. And so you look at Boulder, Colorado, where I believe every person murdered, or almost every person murdered, was white. Now, this is so sick to have to discuss this, but look where we are with Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrats and Obama. And they just can't help it, so you've got to help unravel this stuff. And they were killed by a man of Arab, Syrian, Muslim ancestry. Now, if a white guy had killed 10 Arab Muslims, we'd have 10 days of discussion. But if an Arab guy kills 10 white people, maybe it was 8 or 9, but vast majority of them, we have no discussion. If a white nut job kills 8 people, 6 of whom are Asian, then we have 3 days of discussion about something that never occurred. Not the murders, obviously, but that it was a racial attack. When the director of the FBI said publicly that as far as they could tell, at least at that moment, it was not. But it doesn't matter. We've got these narratives. You've got to hate America. You've got to hate the majority. And so you're going to attack. And by the way, the attack is by the, by the white left, even more than anybody else. It's really quite remarkable, isn't it? It's actually quite disgusting. But that's the situation we have right now. I want to move on to a couple other issues, too. But first, before I move on from this Boulder shooting, I've got all kinds of proposals going forward on gun control. And Pasaki, the idiot spokesperson for the idiot, she said that, yes, they're going to issue executive orders. Now, first of all, not a single reporter has said, what authority does the president have to change or modify the Second Amendment to the Constitution by an executive order. Can you please point to that? It never comes up. It's never asked. Because the fix is in in the so-called White House press corps. It's filled with left-wing activists and ideologues. And those are the only ones Joe Biden will talk to. But under what authority anywhere does Biden have to issue executive orders on any part of the Bill of Rights? None. But this mass murderer, who will not face the death penalty in Colorado because they got rid of it last year, just as they got rid of it in Virginia yesterday, he had a background check. He bought the gun legally. Shouldn't there be questions about the information that the FBI and other databases have? So there was no loophole to fill. We need to know what happened. Don't we? We need to know what happened. The federal government wants more and more. We need 
background check. Well, you have background checks. He did a background check on this guy. He got a weapon, and six days later, he shot up the place. So there was no gun show loophole. There was no loophole where a parent handed their son a gun. There was none of that going on whatsoever. It was a legal buy. It went through the government's database. The government's database approved the purchase. So the answer, of course, is give the government more power. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's always the answer. So give the same government that authorized the purchase, give that government more power. So it can prevent the rest of us from buying weapons. Think about that. He went through the process legally. I'll be right back. in. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. It's a pleasure to have Stephen Miller, former assistant to the President of the United States, Donald Trump, with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. We actually knew you before you worked for President Trump, didn't we, when you worked on the Hill? That's quite, that's quite true. I worked on the Hill for about nine years. Uh, my first boss on the Hill was actually, luckily one of those, was uh, Michelle Bachman. I was her press secretary uh, way back at the uh, tender age of 22. I was a big fan of hers, as you know. Yes, absolutely. She was great, and you were great for supporting her. But, yeah, over the years, I've had a chance to work with you and your show, and I've always been a big admirer. And likewise, and you've been absolutely terrific. Now, Joe Biden is a serial liar and plagiarist. He always has been, and he's spewing information written on his little cards by Ron Klain and the other uh, reprobates that surround him. Uh, You saw that press conference. First of all, do you want to unravel some of that? Yeah, so I've had a chance to work on a lot of press conferences over the last, well, I guess five years, really, because President Trump also did many during the campaign, too. And there's two kinds of press conferences, fundamentally. There's a press conference where any reporter can ask a question, they can interrupt, they can press for more information, there's a real back and forth. Then there's what you saw yesterday, in which a carefully curated list of reporters is pre-selected by the president's handlers, and only those reporters are allowed to ask questions, and that list is selected based upon who the press team thinks is going to give the easiest time of it to, in this case, President Biden. Now, on top of that, which everyone saw on live television, 
is that the president is given a binder, not President Trump, that never happened, but President Biden is given a binder with answers to each question. And as you saw during the foreign policy section, where, where you know, Joe Biden has never been very strong on foreign policy, he was glued to that binder. Now, that must have mortified his staff because he's supposed to read it before the briefing and try to memorize it. Obviously, he didn't pull that off. But as a citizen, it's very alarming to see on arguably the biggest foreign policy issue of our time, China, that Biden doesn't know his own policy position and has to read the notes that have been prepared for him by his staff. And what about the comments he was making about the border, that this is just another seasonal uh, rush? If it's just another seasonal rush, why are they building facilities as fast as they can? Why are they using a stadium in Dallas? Why are they they using military bases and so forth? Why are they trucking people to the center of the country? Why are they moving uh, 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 border patrol from the north border to the south border? Why are they lying to us? It's a, it's a really great question, and lying is the only word that you can use, and even that really fails to capture the extent of the lie. But just to hit, a few, just to hit on a few of those points, they're on track to open more than nine emergency shelters, nine emergency shelters to accommodate the extraordinary, unprecedented flow into this country. This month, we are going to see more illegal, unaccompanied minors arriving in our country than ever before. This had never happened before. This is something totally new, something totally different. A, you know, a border agent who was so perturbed, apparently, by this false narrative, this is some sort of seasonal trend, that he actually took to Twitter uh, the, the border chief in the Del Rio section to say that there's been a 300% increase, and this most assuredly is not a seasonal trend. But even it's such a stupid conversation. The number of people that are being released into the country right now is in the thousands a day, a day. Mm. You're, you're talking about releasing the equivalent of one large metropolitan high school into the country every single day, day after day after day, with no prospect of ever being removed. So it's not only just a crisis, but it's, but it's also a very real disaster on our local communities who have to pay to feed, clothe, house, and provide for all of these people who are coming in with no real means of supporting themselves. Let me ask you a question. You know, most people don't want to discuss this, but I discuss it all the time because I believe it. So what motivates the Democrats? What always motivates the Democrats? The power of their party and permanent control. And uh, you can be assured, see if you agree with me, Stephen, on this, that if these people coming across the border would one day get legal status and the next day get citizenship... And if two-thirds of them were likely to vote Republican, do you think the border would be open today? No, they would have they, – they'd have the military down at the border, uh, but not to build uh, shelters for the purpose of processing people into the country. They'd have the military down on the border for the purpose of establishing repatriation centers to fly people home as fast as humanly possible. And you, know, you talk about Biden lying, and this is a really important point, because – he told a lot of lies, including, of course, the lie that it's not a crisis, and including the lie that it's seasonal. No one's ever seen anything like this before. Uh, but the biggest lie he told in terms of its moral implications, and you may have caught this, is when he was answering the question from Cecilia Varga from ABC mm-hmm. News about why he's not returning unaccompanied minors back to their home country, oftentimes where they have parents that are waiting for them. And... He said that because he didn't want to do what Trump did, Mm -hmm. which was to 
let them starve in the desert. You may have heard that. Oh, yes. And just to be clear, he's effectively accusing our border agents of homicide against migrants. I mean, it is a it is a grave charge. I want to be very clear. Border agents have not, never would, never will, never could, and would never dream of driving immigrants into the desert, dropping them off, and then driving as fast as they could in the other direction to let somebody starve to death. Border agents rescue illegal immigrants and then send them home. At least that's what they're supposed to be doing is sending them home part. Under our administration, we were taking on a company of minors. We were putting them on chartered government flights. We were calling the State Department, having them ready to receive them when they landed, along with the social services of the foreign country, to then reunite with their families in the country they came from. Mm-hmm. It was Biden's decision to terminate that policy that has led to the greatest wave of unaccompanied minors that the world has ever seen. And based on his press conference, it's going to get worse because he made it clear he's not returning them. And if they have phone numbers on their sleeves, they'll, they'll be uh, joined here by their parents. Uh, and he tells them we're building more facilities. So he's creating more and more carrots for people Correct. to come. To, to, to be clear, he keeps talking about this plan that he has. He keeps talking about this solution he's going to put in place. I, I want to be very explicit in stating what they're talking about doing is building more and larger and speedier welcome centers. They're intake centers. It's you show up, you provide your name, you provide a desired destination, and then the U.S. government takes care of the rest. That's not border security. That is the largest resettlement program in human history. Nothing like this has ever been thought of, contemplated, attempted before. And so I would just say, Mark, as you and I, there are a lot of issues we are passionate about. Election integrity, the sanctity of human life, the Second Amendment. But I will just say that the Republican Party down the line needs to put this issue right up there as number one. Because the damage that's going to be done here every week this goes on is irreversible. And given what's going on in the southern border with these little kids, isn't it amazing that Ayach and her ilk are not down there jumping up and down saying, uh, let the press in, and uh, this policy isn't working? Well, for one thing... Isn't she a fraud? The the dishonesty, the shameless hypocrisy of the people who attacked President Trump for having facilities that were not even remotely as crowded as this is just disgusting. You know, during the pandemic, I think one of, one of my proudest achievements that I've been a part of, and the credit, of course, goes to President Trump, is that during the pandemic, a moment in which there could have been one public health calamity in our Border Patrol facilities after another, we ran a seamless operation the whole year. Think about it. How much would the Washington Post or New York Times or L.A. Times love to run a front-page expose about a Border Patrol facility packed with young migrants getting each other sick, Mm -hmm. getting the agents sick, getting the community sick, nobody distanced? It never happened. Stephen, we're going to have to go. on our watch. Give everybody else. Tell the people where to follow you on Twitter. Yes, please follow me. The Twitter handle is at Stephen M, at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-M for Miller. And I...
Levin. Making conservatism great again. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. You're going to want to follow Stephen Miller as he continues to update this uh, breaking situation on the border. There's nobody better. And the way you follow him on Twitter is at Stephen M. That's at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-M. At Stephen M. And by the way, in the uh, state of Georgia, the Republican legislature and the Republican governor have done a great thing. They've put some semblance of integrity and security back in the electoral system. It's not aimed at minorities. It's not aimed at Democrats. But the Democrats, let me tell you what the Democrats have. They have a rapid response team. They have the effective and simple language that they use to articulate what's going on. And they indoctrinate. They also have the media behind them. So immediately what's happening is the Republicans, the DNC, the DNC operatives, the Democrats and the media are immediately attacking this as Jim Crow 2.0. That the Republicans, this is, quote, are hell-bent on ushering in Jim Crow 2.0. This is how diabolical these bastards are. This Democrat Party has done more damage to this country, more damage to this country, than any foreign enemy we've had. You want to talk about the Confederacy? Let's talk about the Confederacy. You want to talk about slavery? Let's talk about slavery. I've said over and over again, to the point where now it's being repeated on Fox and other places, and that's a good thing by my own colleagues. Of course, I don't expect the uh, acknowledgement. It doesn't matter. What did Rush say? Echo chamber? That it's the Democrat Party that should be changing its name, or the Democrat Party that should be abolished, or the Democrat Party that should be paying reparations. But they're so good at lying and conniving and buying off this leader and that leader that the party of the Confederacy, the party of slavery, and the party of segregation gets 90% of the black vote. Because radical socialism, a.k.a. neo-Marxism now, has fused with the idea of racial liberation. Uh, I don't want to get too deep right now. Anyway, I wanted to point that out. And so you'll see this on all the Sunday shows. So my strong advice to you is this. Do not watch any of these Sunday news shows. Meet the depressed, deface the nation. What's the other one? CBS, whatever. Oh, yes, this week with Dummy. Don't watch any of them. Don't watch any of them. Just watch me, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. T- Man, do I have great guests. May I say, can I say this now? Guess who I have, Mr. Producer? You already know. Who do I have? Candace Owens for the first half of the show. Larry Kudlow for the second half. Candace Owens and I will discuss all that's going on in this administration. And the race baiting and all the rest. And she's fantastic. And Larry Kudlow, there's really nobody better to analyze what Biden is doing to our economy, to our country, with entitlements, and on and on and on. It's a big-time show, folks. You're not going to want to miss it. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Life, Liberty, and Levin. If you can't watch it live, please DVR it. I don't think I've let you down at any time on any of these shows, have I? And by the way, my monologue is going to be a killer. 
absolute killer. So you won't want to miss that either, I don't think. So I know they have basketball going on. I said you can DVR us if you want, or DVR them. Better yet. All right, let's take a couple of calls here. Let's go to Martin, Gainesville, Florida, the great WSKY. Martin, go right ahead. Yellow, yellow. Hey there, great one. How are you, Martin? As usual, it's very difficult to maintain my... I'm doing well, sir. Loving the show. I wanted to say that you touched on the scandalous nature of FDR and the, the things that this man did, and it displayed fully the way the left operates. And their, their bullying is masked now by this medium. But I really called to say thank you for your living history in remembering our great president, Ronald Reagan. That, uh, that day touched me as well. I remember it vividly, and it was nice to hear the real loving thoughts of someone who was intimately involved with him and how you felt, and I appreciate that a lot. It touched me, so I wanted to call and thank you. Well, you're very, very kind, and uh, he was a fantastic man, and I'm going to tell you something else. So is Donald Trump. I've gotten to know Donald Trump very, very well. He is a really great patriot who really loves this country. You know, he came to politics really through the back door. He was a fantastic president. Now compare him to what's going on today, right? It's just uh, it's just shocking. Shocking. You know, the China's on the move, Russia's on the move, Iran's on the move. We're giving money to Iran via South Korea. Uh, he keeps uh, he keeps pushing this climate change crap that the Russians and the Chinese just love. They just laugh at us hollowing out ourselves. You see what's going on on the border. No, no serious civilized society has an open border or can withstand an open border. Uh, this is all, again, for the four billionth time, about the Democrat Party empowering the Democrat Party. That's all it is. That's all they're about. And they have really an easy job of it because they don't follow the rules. They don't believe in the Constitution. They'll change the Bill of Rights with executive orders. They have media mouthpieces, a.k.a. propagandists, who are out there lying to the American people because they share their view. And that was on display uh, yesterday during that embarrassing press conference. You know, for the greatest country on the, in the world, and we have the greatest media in the world, what was that display? It was a display of a nasty old man who can't keep his thoughts, who has to have note cards with pictures on it, like he's in third grade coloring by the numbers. And then you have this media like this Al Cinder and these other frauds and fakes and morons who are pushing their left-wing radical agenda. Things like, hey, when are you going to have an executive order on gun control? Not, what are you doing? What does that have to do with anything? You can't have an executive order when it comes to the Second Amendment. No, no, you don't understand. Or, uh, why are you separating? Which families are you going to send back? I I mean, how do you decide that? These are the questions we get. From the pathetic media in this country. Anyway, sir, thank you for your call. I'm fired up. I'm always fired up. All right, let's go to Victoria, Fallbrook, California, XM Satellite. Victoria, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here, Mr. Levin. Can you hear me okay? I certainly can. Oh, fantastic. Well, first, I'd like to say that I absolutely love your show. And if I had my choice on a Sunday, I'd prefer to watch your show over a bunch of overpaid athletes who don't really appreciate much. So I appreciate your show. So wait a minute. You prefer to watch an overpaid broadcaster to an overpaid athlete. I like that. (laughs) No, I mean, at least you're telling the truth, though. And at least you're not pretending to be something that you're not. You know, I mean, I live in California. And so. What I mean, I, I could get on probably about 10 topics with you, but um, just on the athlete thing, I have to tell you, I'm 
quite disappointed and beside myself that we had to create our own organizations in order to get our kids back to athletics in high school, and we had zero support by any of the professional sports. When the grand well, tell me what you did. What did you create? Well, so well, in, so I didn't create it, but we participated in it. So um, there was a whole group in California that actually sued Governor Gavin Newsom, and they set it up as called Let Us Play. And so what they did is there was a series of protests in all different schools all across Southern California. And then they went and actually sued Gavin Newsom to get our kids back to being able to play sports. So now they do have contact sports. We're actually heading to a football game tonight. So that'll be nice under the Friday night lights. But it's just unfortunate that it takes all of that effort in order to just be able to give back and get back, you know, our kids back to the to doing the right things and spending the time that they need to in school and in athletics. And so that's just one battle. I mean, our second battle right now that we're working on is getting our kids back to school full time. Our school district originally was not going to send our kids back until the orange tier. And so um, we have decided that we're that there's another lawsuit that's going on in California. There's a group of, I think, five or six districts in San Diego County, because that's where we live, that have all come together and they have a class action lawsuit against Gavin Newsom. I'm, I'm going to have to go, but this is very, very good news. You guys keep at it. You got to fight them every way you can. The courts, every possible way. Showing up at school board meetings by the hundreds, uh, as I say. So uh, I want to thank you for all you're doing. You sound like a bunch of great patriots for liberty and for your kids, trying to defend your kids. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. We are still in the middle of a Levin surge, Mr. Producer. Whisper in my ear the mansion number if you have it. We're going to have to find it. And the cinema number. I told you cinema reminds me of that, that place that sells these cinnamons. What I forget the name of that place. Cinnabuns. Cinnabars. Whatever they're called. If I say Cinnabuns, I'll be accused of being a, you know... You're a misogynist, even though I'm not even thinking of it. But okay, there you go. I'm trying to kill time to find this phone number. Are we going to have to wait till after the break? Yeah, what's Mansion? 202, Mansion, 202, 224, 
3954. And I want to remind you, if you go to our parlor site, at Mark Levin Show on Parlor, at Mark Levin Show on Parlor, I wish to remind you, we have all the information there for Mansion, but it's 202-224-3954. Remember that fraud, fake, and phony. Al Sharpton is leading the cause in order to try and, you know, pressure Mansion and Cinema to vote to help destroy the country. Now, what's Cinema's number? 202-224-4521. Now, it's going to be tough. It's very important that we enlist your help here because Joe Biden's trying to buy off Mansion, and Mansion can be bought off cheap. That's what I hear. So guess what happened? Biden is appointing Manchin's wife to a federal job. Wow. Isn't that it's like the mob, you know? Hey, 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 Joe. Yeah, Joe. Hey, I really need you in the filibuster. Yeah. You really do, Joe? Yeah, Joe. I, I need you in the filibuster. Here's what I plan to do. Yeah, Joe. I want to give your wife a job, the coveted Appalachian job, you know, on the Appalachian Commission. We know that means a lot. Yeah, yeah, that that would be good. But we need your help, Joe. Okay, Joe. Just one vote on the filibuster. You give us that vote, we can change the country forever. Yeah, 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 I understand. But my wife will get the job. Yeah, Joe. Take care of your wife. Okay, Joe. What I'll do is I'll keep pretending to be a moderate. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe. And I, uh, I'll go on TV, maybe the Sunday shows. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe. And I, uh, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, say some things. I'm kind of moving in the direction. Yeah, yeah, that's the way. That's the ticket. Oh, okay. We know you have a bunch of rubes there in West Virginia. We got, we got to, you know, ameliorate the issue there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're not as sophisticated as, you know, we guys from uh, Wilmington. No, that's right. So uh, we just need one vote. One vote. You, you can throw all the other ones the other way. We don't care. Okay. Just make sure you keep showing up on these shows and talking about, you know, you want to see some bipartisanship and you want to see that. We know we'll get your vote. You voted for the $1.9 trillion that's really $3.3 trillion. We know you'll vote for $3, $4, 5000000000 more in infrastructure. You know, just remember, you're a hero the Klansman, uh, Robert Burt. He was big on infrastructure. His name is all over the state, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, Joe, it is. Okay, Joe. We'll put your name on bridges and tunnels. Highways to nowhere. Yeah, I, I like that, Joe. The Mansion Highway to Nowhere. That sounds so good. Yes. We just need you to sell out your constituents. And you have a very good ability to... You're very clever at how you sell out the people of West Virginia. Yes. Did you, did you, uh, did you learn that from me, uh, Joe Biden in Wilmington, the way I sell out the American people? Yes, I did. Well, Joe. What's your wife's name again? We want to give her a job. Yeah, yeah. Myrtle? Is the name Myrtle? I don't know if it's Myrtle. So there you have it, Washington at work. It's disgusting. Do I still have time for Peter Ducey, or did I ramble on too long? A little too long. What I want to do when we come back is this young man really is a superstar. He's a superstar, Peter Ducey. And I'm sure his dad and his mom are very, very proud of him, and they have every reason to be. And he's... He's asking a question about the filibuster that we asked on this show yesterday. Hey, Joe, what, what, what is it? Who's calling? What's the thing? The thing. Come on, man, the thing. Joe, over here. Over here. Do you see my picture on your nose? Oh, yeah. You're the smartest. I saw you on the Amtrak. That's right. That's me. Joe, what? You use the filibuster, you idiot. <laughs> 
over and over and over. You were in the Senate like 40 years. You used it 4 billion times. Now all of a sudden it's Jim Crow. Your sidekick Obama, he used it over and over again. Now all of a sudden it's Jim Crow. What are you, too stupid? Now he didn't ask it that way. But we'll see when I come back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want to strongly encourage you to follow me on Parlor. Parlor's open for business. They had a fight like hell to get back. And I really think we should take advantage of it. We're so lucky to have this platform. So please join me. It's at Mark Levin Show on Parlor, okay? At Mark Levin Show on Parlor. At Mark, what is it? Oh, yes. And go to at Mark Levin Show on Rumble. That's another magnificent site, and we're using both of them a lot, aren't we, Mr. Producer? And I'm using them to communicate with you when I'm not on radio or TV, so please check them out. At Mark Levin Show on Rumble, at Mark Levin Show on Parlor. It's that simple. And many of you are following on there. Uh, It's a wonderful uh, opportunity to get to know a lot of like-minded patriots. There's a lot of comments there. Uh, I'm posting a lot more, and I hope you will join us once again at Mark Levin Show Parlor, at Mark Levin Show Rumble. What about the podcast? If you can't catch my show live, or if your station doesn't run it live, or, or it's not even in your area, God forbid, you can be your own program director. So I really want to encourage you to download the app for the podcast, and it's very simple. It's two, two three steps. You go to the MarkLevinShow.com. That's the mothership. That's my main website. It's been there almost 20 years. MarkLevinShow.com. That's the homepage. Then you'll click on the Audio Rewind button at the middle of the top of the page. So that's two steps. Now the final step. When you do that, it'll take you to the podcast page. Then pick the podcast you want. That is the platform. Most people pick Apple Podcasts, but pick whatever you want. There's Google Podcasts, there's Stitcher, there's many that you can choose from. So I want to encourage you to do that so you have the podcast just in case. You can listen to us anywhere, almost any way. All right, so we're about spreading the word of liberty, and we're about pushing back against this tyranny. I promised you Peter Ducey to Jen Psaki at the White House on this filibuster issue that we raised ourselves, which is, wait a minute. Joe used the filibuster all the time, dozens of times. And now all of a sudden it's Jim Crow. Obama used it. All of a sudden it's Jim Crow. It's not Jim Crow. How stupid. 
How stupid. But they know we have a stupid media that will regurgitate it. Right, Jake? Fake tapper? Cut four. Go. The president said he thinks the filibuster is a legacy of the Jim Crow era. Did he think that it was a legacy of the Jim Crow era in 2005 when he defended the filibuster and said altering Senate rules to help one political fight or another could become standard operating procedure, which in my view would be disastrous? Well, Peter, one of the things he talked about yesterday was the fact that between 1917 and 1971, the filibuster was used about 58 times. Last year, last year alone, uh, it was used five times that many. It is not being used for the right, intended. Let's slow down. Last year alone, think about this, America. Who was president last year? I believe his name was Donald J. Trump. Who was using the filibuster last year? 58 times. Well, I don't know how many times they use it, but it would be the minority party. Well, who controlled the Senate last year? The Republicans. So the Democrats are using the filibuster against Donald Trump and the Republicans last year, and they cite that as a reason to get rid of the filibuster rule. The insanity. The insanity that we have to deal with when it comes to the Democrat Party and the media in this country. We're a great country. We deserve better than that party and better than this media. Go ahead. It is being abused. And yes, there are scenarios as it, as it relates to voting rights where it is, uh, it is oppressing, it is, uh, it, is, it is allowing for systematic racism in the country. And how many times was it used to prevent systematic racism? Hello. 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 Go ahead. That's the concern he was expressing. And a follow-up on that, there are some concerns on the right that if you get rid of the filibuster, it effectively means one-party rule. So is that what the president was getting at when he was asked about 2024, and he said, I have no idea if there will be a Republican Party? Well, well I think Mr. Ducey listens to this program, don't you do, Mr. Producer? We figure that out right here. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. What did Pasaki have to say? Go. Wasn't what he was getting at. Given as part of his answer, he conveyed that his objective and his hope is to work with Republicans. You notice how we need to have an interpreter for Biden? Now, that's not what he meant. That's not what he was getting at. Uh, what he really meant was, what, what is this? Is he speaking English? No, he's speaking gibberish. It's a form of English for, the, uh, for people who have uh, loose teeth and uh, no mind. So there you are. What did he mean? Go ahead wants to get work done for the American people. He oh, wants to isn't that great? Joe wants to get work done for the American people. Isn't that great? Except, of course, if you're working in any of the industries he wants to destroy. Gun manufacturing, the oil business, you know. Other than that, he wants the American people to get back to work. What kind of stupid comments are these? Well, and then before the show's up, you know, I only have 45 minutes left, America. Nancy Pelosi's at a virtual meeting, and that's good because she's got a virtual brain. In other words, another idiot. We're led by idiots. Nancy Pelosi, 80-year-old idiot. Chuck Schumer, idiot. And then, of course, the moron on uh, 1600 Pennsylvania. I want you to listen to Eva, Eva Pelosi. Why do you call her Eva? Why do you think? Cut five, go. And uh, I'm very proud of the work of Zoe Lofgren. Oh, that's she- Zoe Lofgren. She's fabulous. Zoe Lofgren, ladies and gentlemen, of San Jose. One of the biggest hacks that's ever crawled on the face of the earth. Go ahead. 
election law so very, very well, and we want to be fair. Now, if I wanted to be unfair, I wouldn't have seated the, Dem- the Republican from Iowa because that was my right on the opening day. So you see, they're trying to steal a seat from an incumbent re- Republican. A bipartisan commission went through all the ballots and everything, and she won fair and square by six votes. So what happened? The Democrat, well, they don't like to lose. Even when they lose, they don't like to lose. They have a right to control us. And so the Democrat, rather than appealing to a court or something like that, she goes to Nancy Pelosi and says, I want the seat. Nancy says, okay, I'm going to deliver you the seat. And Nancy says, look, if I wanted to be unfair, I would never have sat the Republican. You know, it's my right to say no. It's not your right to say no, you idiot. I want you to listen to these people. They're running around saying Jim Crow because you want voter ID laws, for God's sakes. And you want to make sure somebody's signature is actually their signature. So all of a sudden, it's Jim Crow, ladies and gentlemen. It's like counting how many jelly beans are in the jar. These are the morons we're dealing with. And now here, we have a Speaker of the House, Eva Pelosi, who's a fascist. She's always been a fascist. That's right, I said it. Look how she's running the House. You know, he, 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 I, if, if I didn't want to see her, I wouldn't have sat her. He, 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 he. Look how fair I am. He, 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 he. I'm waiting for one of these days, Biden or her, for their dentures to drop out. Wouldn't that be cool? Didn't that happen to one of them? When they were, it was Joe, wasn't it? He was grabbing his face, remember? Oh, my God. Anyway, go ahead. I would have just said... They're not seated, and that would have been my right as Speaker. No, it would not have been your right as Speaker, Eva. You don't have the power to do that as Speaker, Eva. God, is she a sicko. She really is. But don't worry, Joe Biden to the rescue. Joe Biden wants to talk about the Georgia voting law, which really did a handful of things in order to ensure there's security back in the voting system in Georgia. Security, voter ID and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing weird, nothing aimed at minorities, nothing like Jim Crow, no jelly bean counting or anything like that. And Joe, of course, hasn't read it, but he's got an instinct for this. Yeah. Remember Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who's tried to stop the second black man from going on the Supreme Court. Now he's like a civil rights leader, this Biden. I assume. Go ahead, cut six. The new Georgia election law. It's an atrocity. Now look how they throw the quote. An atrocity? You know what an atrocity is? An atrocity is you, you big jerk. And what's going on on the southern border? Where is he today? Is he back in Wilmington? I know, but where is he today? Where is he this weekend? Does anybody know Wilmington, Delaware? You know, doctor. That's your wife. Yeah, she makes me call her doctor. She makes you call her doctor? Yes, yes. Even in the bedrooms, doctor, doctor. I have to play nurse. She's the doctor. Oh, okay. So, doctor. Uh, but anyway, an atrocity. An atrocity. Making people have a voter ID with a driver's license or something and to make sure their signature is checked. That's an atrocity, ladies and gentlemen. An atrocity. Start for, and by the way, don't you love the reporter? The new Georgia election law? Setting him up for, you know, how the media in this country really is. Let's go. Cut six. The new Georgia election law? It's an atrocity. The idea, if you want any indication 
that it has nothing to do with fairness, nothing to do with decency. They passed a law saying you can't provide water for people standing in line while they're waiting to vote. You don't need anyway, Let's just stop it. Why do we care about that? What, what, why does he care? Why, why does he care about that? I, I'm honest to God. Is that Jim Crow? Now, understand, this applies to every precinct in the state, including the rural precincts, the suburban precincts, the city precincts. What, how is this focused on minorities? How is this Jim Crow? I don't have any idea. You want to hear something amazing, Mr. Producer? When you go to an airport and you want to go through security, you can't bring water. Did you know this? Do you know why? Because they're afraid that you can weaponize the bottle of water. That's why they did it in Georgia. They don't want people bringing stuff into the precinct. So he makes it like, you know, people are dying of thirst. They're in line at the precinct. They won't even let them have water. Now, if that's not Jim Crow, I don't know what is. Wait a minute. My teeth are loose. Go ahead. To know that this is nothing but punitive designed to keep people from voting. You can't put for people about to vote. Give me a break. Oh, for God's sakes, you idiot. Going on a hell of... Where is he going? I'm just curious. I don't know. Disneyland's closed. So I asked him, can we get a helicopter ride in here? Can I do something? I'm the President of the United States. I just love it when we go round and round and round. Okay, Joe. You want a helicopter? Yes, Dr. Joe, I would. Okay, let's do the helicopter. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Ohio State, from our friends at the College Fix, Ohio State employs 150 diversity officials. And now we'll hire 50 professors focused on social and racial justice. Uh, This is the clear decline of the United States of America. We need to claw back. We need to, as I told you before, we've talked about this for months, a BDS movement against these colleges and universities where we can get our tax funds back. Mostly state funds, but also you have federal grants and federal scholarship and uh, subsidy programs. And we need to start pulling back on them. 
the idea that we keep pumping money into these Stalinist-like institutions to our own uh, destruction. The news comes as an economics professor and higher education watchdog calculated that the public university currently public university currently employs 150 diversity officials at a cost of 12 million dollars annually. In a 2021 State of the University address, President Christina Johnson stated last month that she was encouraged by the Task Force on Racism and Racial Inequities to hire 150 new faculty within a new initiative called RAISE, which stands for Race, Inclusion, and Social Equity. Oh, thank goodness. At least 50 of our RAISE faculty will be scientists, artists, and scholars whose work addresses social equity, not equality, notice, social equity, racial disparities in fields such as healthcare, education, justice, and public safety. In other words, no matter what your major is, no matter what courses you take, you are going to be indoctrinated. And if your kids want good grades, they're going to have to go along. You know, we obviously supported our kids going to college and so forth. I don't know that I would do that today. I just don't know if I would do that today. She added that the initiative would include a goal of hiring 100 underrepresented in black, indigenous, and people of color employees, also known as BIPOC, in all fields of scholarship, suggesting some sort of affirmative action plan. Johnson said that equal representation of minorities, you know, you know what this ignores, the individual and merit. What about people who are not of a particular race? What about their lives and their families? What about their careers? What about their hard work? It doesn't count, you see, because of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of privilege. And so if you're not of one of the preferred um, equity groups, and if you've worked your ass off rather than going to the movies, if you'd played it straight rather than doing drugs or whatever, and you work hard and hard and hard and hard and you're top of the cliff, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't make it. Wait a minute. I've got top grades. I've got top test scores. I've got top this, top that. No, you don't understand. What? You're part of the white dominant society. What are you talking about? Part of white dominant idiot. No, no, you don't understand. Look, I'm born Caucasian, whatever that means. We have Caucasoids from all over the world, you know. We're not all the same, we're different. Like every no, no, no. Actually you are. You're in that group. What are you talking about? My family didn't even come here till nineteen twenty six. Well, it doesn't matter. You're part of the Caucasoids. And now it's our turn. So we have to make up for lost time. They make up for lost time. I'm an individual human being. So what? We're not looking at individual human beings. I thought we're supposed to be a colorblind. No. Colorblind when we want to be. Color focused when we want to be. You see, we want to have it both ways. What do you mean you want to have it both ways? I'm just trying to get into school. I'm too bad. We understand. Just too bad you're going to have to learn to do something else. That's all. I thought the issue was to compete equally. No, no, you're wrong. It's not about competing equally. Merit is not the issue. 
besides, merit cannot be defined by the white dominant society, you see. What's this white dominant crap? What is this white dominant crap? Uh, Listen. Just the way it goes. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the conscience of conservatism. Call Mark now at 877-381-3811. You know, the Heritage Foundation is actually a fantastic organization. They don't work for them. They're not a sponsor. It has nothing to do with it. Over the decades, I've known many of the people there. I know the founder, Ed Fulner, my former boss, Ed Meese, worked over there for a long period of time. And they worked very closely with Ronald Reagan. Uh, and and laying out and participating in his agenda. They did the same thing with the Trump folks. And, of course, they're trashed by the nationalist populists who've done so much for the nation uh, from their seats in broadcasting and so forth. But I wanted you to know, and this is at Blaze Media, Heritage Foundation rejects six-figure donations from big tech companies. The Heritage Foundation, one of the oldest and most respected conservative think tanks in Washington, rejected six-figure donations from big tech companies Google and Facebook, taking a principled stand against big tech censorship of conservatives. Letters written by outgoing Heritage President uh, Cole James addressed to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Google CEO Sundar Pichai. The conservative nonprofit turned down more than $350,000 in contributions, according to a report from Axios, which obtained copies of the letters. James wrote to Pishai, we cannot in good conscience take money from a company that repeatedly and blatantly suppresses conservative speech on your platforms. Axios reported that Heritage formally rejected a $225,000 donation from Google and announced it would return a $150,000 contribution from Facebook. Heritage reportedly accused Facebook of blocking referral traffic to its news and opinion website and accused Google of censoring some of its YouTube videos. James referenced an instance where YouTube added a disclaimer to one of Heritage's videos, she says, meant to cast doubt on the credibility of our well-sourced claims about the risks of voting by mail. These big tech companies are like the big media are destroying America. 
Who the hell is Mark Zucker turd anyway? And the goofball with the beard, I can't. Jack Dorsey. The Jackster. The letter to Zuckerberg called out Facebook for suppressing users' ability to share the New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story in the weeks leading up to the election. Previous years, the Heritage Foundation has accepted generous donations from big tech companies. A spokesperson told Axios that Google has donated a total of $1.5 million in the to the think tank. Facebook has given 275000 That doesn't bother me. I'll tell you why. Because at the time these donations were made, big tech wasn't doing this, were they, Mr. Producer? It's really a, a, a rather recent event in the last two or three years, especially the last 12 months. I remember when Facebook reached out to a whole bunch of conservatives who met with Zuckerberg. Now, they didn't reach out to me. They knew better. And I wouldn't meet with that jerk no matter what. Maybe unless there's a donut involved or something. But you get my point. So I, I wanted to point that out to you, too. Um, let's see here. I'm working off my iPhone, and I'm trying very desperately to do this. Oh, here we are. All right, who shall... Here we go. Let's go to Matt Obando, Obando, Montana, XM Satellite. How are you? I am fine, Mr. Levin. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Speaker, forever hold yourself. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll put this out as quick and as easy as I can. My father was a World War II Army Air Corps vet. Wow. I am a United States Army uh, Air Cav vet. Wow. And there are many thousands of Americans, men and women both, who fought against uh, communism all across this globe. My question to you, and it is to you because you know far more about this than I do, uh, how is it that a country that has fought as hard and has lost as many lives as we have to fight communism, allow it in our House representatives and in our Senate? Yes, this, uh, this ideology that seems to uh, be a lure to so many in power, I think because it gives them excuse to uh, grab power. And they actually can be self-righteous about it, claiming it's in the name of the people. What's happened, sir, is the firewalls in the Constitution, not all of them, but too many of them have been breached. The courts uh, have fallen into place. The bureaucracy is massive, was never intended. Uh, the president's exercising powers he does not have. Congress is trying to turn a representative republic into a one-party parliament. And, you know, I could just tell you... Uh, uh, and John Adams wasn't the only one. Jefferson talked about it. So many have talked about it. When if people lose their virtue, and I don't mean all the people, but enough people to crater a country, uh, you can write any kind of constitution you want. It won't survive. And that's what's happening. In our colleges and universities, what people are being taught, in our, uh, in our entertainment, morality and faith is trashed. Uh, our politicians claim to be... Uh, demigods, where they can actually uh, give you health care, take care of your education, do whatever you need them to do. That's not the America that was founded. That's not even the point of the place. You want to do all that kinds of stuff. We have more than one failed European government after another that you can, you can quote-unquote enjoy. But there is a, there's this foreign, this alien ideology 
that has been imported into the United States. And, uh, you know, for about 100 years, the so-called progressive movement, which is obviously not progressive, has been using it and using it to great effect. They have monopoly control over our classrooms, whether it's public schools or universities and high schools. They have monopoly control over pretty much our media system. They have monopoly control over the culture. So it's a very complicated issue. It just cannot be answered in, in one program or one phone call. I want to thank you, sir, for your excellent service, and same with your father. God bless you, my friend. Jerry Posaic, excuse me, Posaic, New Jersey, I know what it is, the great WABC, go. Mark, I want to say I've been listening to you since day one when, I used, when all three of you, you, uh, the great Rush and Hanley were on one time. I've been listening to all three of you. We that. had quite a, that, they used to call that Radio's Killer Row on WABC. It would be Rush, Sean, and Mark. Anyway, go right ahead. Yankees had Mantle and the rest of them. Yeah. But be that as it may, I have five grandchildren. I'm 75 years old. I have, I don't know how many years, but it scares the living hell out of me. They're between five and 14 years of age. What kind of country are they going to live in if this I, I could not agree with you more. My wife and I have talked about this. These little grandkids we have, I look at them and I say, okay, what's going to happen to them now? You look at what's being done financially. We have the most corrupt and selfish Democrat Party. When you look at all the race baiting and racism, what is going to happen here? What is going to happen to these kids? When you look at the attack on the capitalist system, it is... It is Frightening. Absolutely frightening. Frightening. Yep. It's frightening. The only colleges we have is Hills there and a handful of others. We have to start our own colleges. Well, we're not going to, let's be honest. What we need to do, though, is, uh, is take control of these colleges. Most of them are public colleges. They're publicly funded. We're paying a lot of money to subsidize them through our taxes. Parents who are paying the tuition are subsidizing this. Uh, we need to have a say in what the hell's going on in these colleges and universities and stop sitting on our laurels. And same with the public school systems. The parents and really non-parents, we, we all own these school systems. We need to start showing up at school board meetings and take control of this damn agenda. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fast. But we need to do these things and we need to do it now. Jerry, thank you, my friend. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, to my Jewish friends out there, have a good Pesach. Have a good Passover. We'll be celebrating it here at our home as well. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Again, I want to wish a good Pesach, that is Passover, for uh, my Jewish friends out there. And we have Easter coming up. These are important times of the year. I also want to encourage you to watch Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, please. I think you're really going to like it. Life, Liberty, and Levin with Candace Owens and Larry Kudlow. We cover very, very important topics. And uh, we do this in a long-form interview program, which is very, very unique these days. But when I was growing up, that's kind of what you would watch, and it was very informative. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're the number one rated program in prime time on Sunday, and that's thanks to you and all of cable news. That's because of you, not because of me. And I want to thank you for that. I also would like you to check out our podcast. I'm giving you a lot, but that's okay. MarkLevinShow.com. Then click on the audio rewind, middle of the top of the home page, and you'll go there, and then you'll pick the podcast. You'll go to the podcast page and pick the platform that you like. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, in your honor, your honor.
All right, folks, don't forget Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't watch it live, you can DVR it, please. Life, Liberty, and Levin, the great Candace Owens, and Larry Kudlow, the great economist, we're going to cover everything. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, ZD. Gigi and my beautiful little Barney. Go, Benjamin Netanyahu. You can pull it off, baby. And also, good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, and I'll see you Monday.